I, just so you know, before you, you, you get mad at me, uh, I still have that tape in the safe. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. There's got to be something. Yeah. Listen. Okay. Listen. Uh, I I I sent a picture of your outfit over to the guys at uh, at H and M. Yeah. They said those shoelaces are free if you wear this tie. <laughs> so do you mind if I get some shoelaces for myself? I know you don't care about the price of shoelaces, but they said I could get 10 pairs of shoelaces for me if you wear this tie on Kimmel. Welcome, folks, to QF, a podcast about Howard Stern. I'm your host, Fillmore, a.k.a. Jim Fix, and with me, as always, is Sam. How's Sam? Well, most excited I've been in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Every day is like Christmas when this stuff happens. So what happened, guys? Uh, Maureen Callahan, our favorite New York Post writer, uh, wrote another, brill- this time her best piece, in my opinion, on Wig and um, it, just how he's he's completely lost the plot. And normally this would not make such a, well, actually, anytime he gets negative press this good, uh, it, it would make news amongst, you know, Reddit and whatever Facebook groups and, and and stuff like that. But in this case, she almost, I think she hit the nail on the head completely. Uh, normally guys, the reason why we would, we would normally take our time and cover this and then, you know, release it when we're good and ready, because, um, we have a number of episodes in the can. I'm still actually editing them and whatnot, but, um, and we have our Sunday, you know, regular schedule, but this one gets special, uh, notice because number one, it's the third, um, article by Maureen Callahan that's uni- almost uniformly negative. This one is absolutely negative. The other, the first one is, you know, close to like 75%. The the rebuttal after he gets pissed off at it and talks about it on the air, which we'll play that audio for you guys, uh, is more negative. And clearly that's the turning point for her. And she's sort of laid off him, I think, since then, because otherwise we would have seen another article. That's how prominent it gets on Reddit, on our Facebook group. There's people looking all over for stuff for us, which we love. Thank you, QF fam. And, um, and, uh, the reason why this is such big news is because number one, it doesn't happen on a day that he's off. Usually these, these hit pieces come when he's off and he has the weekend to stew about it when he's trying to star fuck. Normally that's when it happens. And I also, if this were a journalist that did this previously in the first two, do you know how many other news articles would have picked up on a beef between a New York post journalist and Howard having totally. such beef in Mm -hmm. such a you know public way Mm -hmm. but nobody picked up on it except for some reddit trolls and us yeah and i think the i think it was natalie panaro stack who actually got the the lead on uh, she got the lead on the facebook page and you can join us guys at quite frankly a a podcast about howard stern we got a facebook group as well as our youtube channel etc and she was adamant she was messaging she's like guys has anyone seen this because she actually got the physical copy of the the post and was posting pictures of it beautiful Beautiful. yeah (laughs) and it was a front page story if i'm not mistaken Yes, it yeah. really is so proud. <laughs> we created an army of monsters. <laughs> I was like, you know, my daughter's making her first communion this year. And I was like, what pictures am I going to like more? <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, I'm so we, so guys, we're going to go chronologically through this. And the reason, like, we don't, it's not like we're beholden to the post or anything, but it's, a, it's a, one of the three big New York uh, newspapers that... Yeah, like it, the circulation is still excellent. And in terms of coverage, the, the, I think the fact that it's so negative and so well written, 
um, that because she's a, she's a proper journalist. There, it, the, I don't, I don't. The post, it, the post got, has kind of been going uh, flying in the face of uh, mainstream media, liberal media. They have kind of done their own thing. They got banned during the election series on Twitter. They got reinstated. Miranda Devine, who's the editor, has been going on lots of news shows. They have, you know, done their own thing. And uh, this goes kind of in step with, you know, their what they've been doing, yeah. which is nice. I mean, in the sense of it's different. Yeah. Not a lot of people are covering it. And it's controversial in the sense Nobody's saying this and everyone thinks it. Yeah. You know well, everyone thinks it. So, it, well, at any rate, well, in terms of this, we're talking, yeah. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, everyone thinks he's on his last leg. Right. Like, I don't read the post, but when things like this come up, I, I do. <laughs> I, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm buying I'm, 10 copies. I'm like a jackal on a gazelle. <laughs> so I'm going to read the first article that came about when he was doing his book promotion for Howard Stern Comes Again with that uh, just a... <laughs> We should at one point <laughs> do some kind of breakdown on that fucking piece of shit or the Terry Gross interview. Um, is there, what is there to break down? <laughs> oh, it's just such cringe. Top, top 10 ways to fake cancer. Yeah, exactly. Howard Stern says he's a new man, but don't believe him. Maureen Callahan, May 13th, 2019. Um, and so here he goes. Uh, Howard Stern, now 65 and in the legacy part of his career, has a message. I've evolved, he says. To that, I ask, has anyone listened to his show lately? <laughs> Much of Stern's fan base, and I count myself among them, have a complicated relationship with him and his show. When he's at his best, Stern can be blisteringly funny while riffing on a range of issues, from politics to celebrity to Game of Thrones. <laughs> God. <laughs> when he's told what the characters' names are, he is a fantastic interviewer. This is kind of where she loses me a little when she, when she says this, because I don't think, again, when people say this, I, I can't I automatically my antenna goes up like what are you talking about what interviews are you referring to specifically see I this is why this latest article she did such a beautiful job each paragraph was better than the next I was like man you did your homework for this one for this one yes absolutely and I think so what I think the the, the chronology is um kind of fan like old old like us ex-super fan or, or ex-Superfan ex no longer listening, basing it on interviews way, way, way back, this whole narrative of him as a good interviewer or excellent interviewer. And then um, not actually doing her homework and not being as well-versed with more recent shows as we are. Or maybe it's kind of how we stumbled upon our revelation of how we feel about him or a certain topic like the MPD we kind of have a sense something's wrong, but we didn't fully flesh it out. Mm -hmm. So it feels like she sort of had that sense too. Mm -hmm. And now it's fully realized. Well, in this latest piece, right? There's an undercurrent of, mm, I'm not so sure. And that's, yeah, it's bloomed into this garden of fucking hatred. So anyway, uh, it continues before satellite and streaming and podcasts, Stern made hours of otherwise painful commuting enjoyable. Yet this personal growth, growth he crows of in service of hawking his new book, by the way, is hard to believe. Sure, he's gotten rid of strippers and porn stars and butt bongo fiesta, but nearly 40 years on, Stern relies, possibly more than ever, on problematic comedic crushes, crutches, most notably a group of physically challenged and or mentally impaired adults he calls the Whack Pack. Its most prominent member and oft-recurring guest is a woman 
Stern used to call Wendy the retard, which in 2019, I was still amazed that made it to print and they didn't like have to censor the word because it's so it's such a buzzword now. I know it's very, very taboo. Yeah, you, you I, I could hear the taboo buzzer in my ear Every for the time game. I- <laughs> exactly. Uh, today, she is known as Wendy the Slow Adult. Progress. <laughs> That's funny the way she wrote that. It Progress. Seems, it seems like an obvious observation, but somehow Stern hasn't realized that it's not funny for anyone, let alone someone pulling down a reported $90 million in a, year, a year who socializes with Jerry Seinfeld and Paul McCartney. Well, he doesn't socialize with Paul McCartney. There's another one where she's kind of, you know... Yeah. yeah, we'll give she, her a pass. She doesn't know. Yeah. She, at that point, she didn't know. And is on a first name basis with the president of the United States to be routinely making fun of society's most vulnerable. These are sad people. So again, she wasn't on a first name basis with Donald. He wasn't tight with Donald during the presidency. He Donald threw him to the kicked him to the curb. Right, but she she isn't wrong. They were no, uh, they did they, were. they did have pictures at basketball games. They did hang out socially. Yeah, I so I think like at some point she became peripheral fan again. Like she wasn't a super fan, and she just wasn't. There were years where she was just a huge gap of knowledge. I think that's got to be what it is. I so, don't know if it's a huge gap or if it's just. I don't know if it's a huge gap or if it's just she probably during these years she wasn't as <laughs> because it's so bad. Well, th- well, <laughs> then she should know all this crap. I think I think it was just a sporadic, like she turned it on every now and then, but it wasn't must listen to radio anymore for her. So that's the only way I could explain it. So she continues, why does Stern still do it? Is it laziness, habit, outright contempt? And Stern, so sensitive about his own physical shortcomings, has never stopped sub- subjecting his staff to on-air shaming over everything from the size of their teeth to their weight to their diets or their finances or the state of their states of their marriages, while his own second marriage to a model 20 years Jr. is always off limits for Stern. His longtime producer, Gary Delabate, is known to most fans as Horsetooth Jackass. Ritual humiliation is part of the job description on the Howard Stern show. <laughs> most troubling is Stern's decades-long treatment of Robin Quivers. As his so-called sidekick, Quivers has been the show's ostensible voice of reason and its lone female voice. I fucking hate when people call her the voice of reason. <laughs> I what reason it. did it does <laughs> we Maureen, if you can listen to our 15 foundation saga and tell us <laughs> anything that's reasonable about somebody that goes on a fact finding trip and finds that she has designer sandals in a hotel lobby <laughs> and goes home. God, you, you guys will love the latest episode, by the way, quick plug. Um, Stern calls <laughs> Stern calls her his rock. Her daily news segment is a fan favorite. Again, guys, this is ancient history now. Yet Stern, who has vilified such Me Too monsters as Harvey Weinstein and Les Moonves, almost always introduces Quiver's segment with crude songs sung by fans about her breast size or their masturbatory fantasies about her or the graphic ways they like to sexually degrade her. This is a woman who survived childhood molestation by her father. Again, guys, you know our you know our stance on that. Uh, it began when she was 11 years old. She has written about it and spoken of it on the show. Quivers has called it a nuclear quote a nuclear explosion in my life. Yet Stern still uses her childhood trauma as a punchline often. Maybe he should stop doing that. To those who'd like to believe this self-proclaimed redemption arc, take note. Last week, his show mocked Simon Cowell's man tits, speculated on the size of Michelle Obama's genitalia, and compared Nancy Pelosi's appearance to a porta potty with a yeast infection. But there's one thing you can't take away from Howard. He's always, he's always known how to tell a good story. So that 
cause. Has he? <laughs> yeah, and that's that's where I that's where I kind of you know you give her you give her points for at least pointing out some things that most people haven't. Yes. Yeah. In in and, in the recent press history, he's had you know. She. He's not. Most people who write about Howard have nowhere near the knowledge or detail that she does from that article. Yes, so they have even less than she does, and they're woefully misinformed. She's at least um, going. She's definitely informed. Through. Well, yeah, but just not like not not fully. <laughs> so so when you when I respond when I email, please, Maureen, respond. You will get an interview like you've never had before. <laughs> oh my I, gosh! I reached out to her and I asked I asked around to see if we could get a hold of her, but she has no reason to because you know her, her she's getting all the publicity she needs from the articles. So either way, this is what he responded. To her, this is what he was how he responded the following day. Really excited to see you. Yeah, I think you should remember that. Yeah, and then I bum out like you know, like the the some of the people in the publicity of uh, Simon Schuster didn't want me to do the New York Post, and I said, look, that's that's one of my hometown newspapers. They didn't want you to do it. Yeah, they were like, um, but, <laughs> you know, the, you you and I both know that that's complete horseshit. <laughs> Hey, do you want to know what else, too? I was thinking about the New York Post. So uh, in this last article, by the way, they mentioned Hilaria, you know, and do you know what she did when Alec Baldwin was getting bad press? That fucking fake Spanish grifter went to the New York Post unannounced and started doing yoga poses on the front desk of the reception (laughs) area and started taking and started writing namaste oh, and God. let's get a new relationship and doing downward dog downward on the facing. fucking downward. reception desk of the New York post to get a that, new relationship. That's attention. Why didn't she just fucking bend over and drop trowel? I, she, but she should have, she should have just stuck her own head in her vagina and said, hello. <laughs> <laughs> downward facing face bomb holy shit okay let's continue the new york post you can't exactly trust them i said you can trust them they're fine and then like uh today this, this guy Ian Moore interviewed me he was a really nice guy i really liked him and i um i finished the interview i said you know that's good i, I want to reach the people and but they have this weird move they do they um he, he wrote a beautiful article and then they have a woman she does this with every celebrity who writes a hit piece? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to reach the people. <laughs> <laughs> that was the conundrum, guys. Like, I love the fact that that happened. It was even on the same spread, if I if I recall correctly. Yep. So, <laughs> so they gave him a glowing review. It wasn't really glowing, actually. It was more just self promotional than anything else. You guys can read it. We're not going to go through the uh, review of his shit book. But she <laughs> she put in the piece that I just read, and they I think I believe it was part of the same two page spread. Yep. I forgot to mention when you were uh, reading her article, and she was talking about how he critiques how uh, lazy and how much they eat and what they look like. He does that with his wife about mm-hmm. what she eats. And you yep. s- you posted this article on our Facebook page about how abusive that is to talk about your wife's diet and critique it. Actually, that like was Carol. That? that was Carol Cheney that posted that. And it, oh, needs, Carol. it, it it's okay, it's un- it's un- it's un- unfortunately gotten buried under all this stuff because so I'm going to try to um, comment on it and bring it to the forefront. But it's a great, great article, actually. So thank you, Carol. 
Yeah, thank you. I just wanted to say that. So he does it with his wife, too. So mm -hmm. Maureen, good job pointing that out. He does it with his wife as well. Yep. He's on you right next to the, the article. What? About what kind of a scumbag I am. Because Are you I, kidding? Yeah. And they, they even say I treat no. you badly because we play uh, songs before the news. <laughs> and that really bummed me the fuck out. Oh like, like you don't like you God. couldn't uh, stop oh, that. Could I, I couldn't stop that if I yeah, didn't right. if I yeah. wanted to. No, but then no, Robin, you couldn't and you don't. You never have. You love it. <laughs> if it's Brand negative attention. <laughs> Black tits. <laughs> 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 Uh, some of those I actually do. Uh, the, my favorite. <laughs> now we're going into song parodies. My favorite one is the uh, REO Speedwagon one. Richard did about Ronnie. Ronnie's a four foot tall old angry Jew, <laughs> and he thinks that he is Italian too. <laughs> Already goes. It's so intricate. <laughs> What's the one with Gary that I love? They, uh, they, oh, Frig Already was laughing hey. so. Baker Hard. Street Baba Booey or that was a Richard original I think too there was that one and then there was the uh, Led Zeppelin um um Baba which Boo, one is it no no it was Led it was Led Zeppelin uh I think babe I'm gonna leave you <laughs> and it's just one guy go the guy goes right into it it's not Richard but it's so great <laughs> anyway let's uh keep going I, Jason was telling me this is what the new york post does I, it's like it's weird it's like if i had a guest in here and during the guest's appearance someone was saying hey he's a fuckhead right like there was some yeah. other station you could tune into yeah, so. that was right next to it and you would be saying nasty things about i mean any, any promotion is good promotion but it's kind of a bummer like at least wait a week before you blast what can't they make a <laughs> at least wait a week like he wouldn't respond just as bad if it was a week later <laughs> the time the timing was the problem that was the problem yeah <laughs> That's it. Not the fact that. Not the that, content. Yeah, no, God, no. But their mind, they can't just say. No, it's like, it's like Ian Moore liked me, but, but that, for the post, that's not good enough. So they had to run a side piece that basically said, I'm a fuck nut still. Like, like, yeah, this is all bullshit. Howard, Howard hasn't changed. Howard hasn't changed. Yeah. And the woman's claim she listens. But she, but the New York, this is their move. I didn't know that. No. It's like. That's um, new. They did it to. Oh, <laughs> You know. Now I'm just thinking of that Linus Photoshop. He needs to be, he needs to have Robin now. Like, they're there, how they're there, how gee, you'd be all right. Is this misinformation? Did the, did the post write something bad about you? Oh, Madonna. They ran a piece of Madonna, and then this more, woman. Yeah, go ahead. Is, it, is this a big disinformation campaign? <laughs> exactly. And. You um, know, now that you're saying that, I have noticed that there's always this little sidebar. sidebar. Maureen Callahan's her name. So what they do is they write something nice and, he, and they and they can't stomach it because they think they have to like, why? Why am I talking to you if you're going to just fuck me in the ass? Yeah. Just fuck me in the ass. Don't don't interview. <laughs> I don't need to <laughs> of sit course. with you while you're. <laughs> Maureen, <laughs> you have your problem solved. <laughs> He'll like you again. Yeah. Just get a dildo and drill him. It'll be all over. Peg away, peg away, little Irish lass, peg away. Fuck. <laughs> like Madonna. Like they wrote an article about her, and then next to it, Maureen Callahan writes, Madonna's out of material and just rehashing her old looks. Uh, Maureen Callahan. Um, only a heckler can improve an evening with the money-grabbing Clintons. 
Gropey Uncle Joe Biden has always been creepy and should stay out of the race. Go ahead. All true. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, one, he was gropey and inappropriate. Nobody's denying that. Two, and I like, and I, and I I like Joe actually, but I mean, (laughs) some of those some of those uh, memes. There's a reason why they look cringeworthy, and they and people. Listen, I have family members I love, and I'm like, too long, too long. (laughs) <laughs> uh, enough okay let's keep going Will and Jada Pink show marks the moment celebrity died you know it's like it's like she's the hit woman oh my god yeah yeah and i was just like well well the, so I, I, and you're you know, horrible she writes all she, these she, she awful things horrible. but it's fine about everyone yeah 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 i'm horrible but the piece next to me is this wonderful piece I love how he uses that. He uses that same cadence, but it's fine. It's the same exact cadence, same exact way when he responds to the Emily Stern interview with the post. It's perfect. You are exactly right. And go back it's and listen fine. to it, guys. It's fine, but you know, uh, we we you know we get along. We're we're yeah. I, my fucking daughters a, are fucking amazing. <laughs> I have a great relationship. Are we we talk all the time. We're fine. <laughs> Three sentences in one. Neither none of them are complete. <laughs> you, if you put a, someone said the new Avengers movie is awesome, but it's also dog shit. <laughs> it's like what? But I don't care. What am I gonna do? She's the I sniper. See it now. <laughs> but yeah. she's sniping me on the same page that I I gave this guy a long interview. But, but I don't understand a newspaper that does this. Yeah, it's weird. There are weirdos over there. <laughs> <laughs> They're just weird. It's like, well, wait, wait, what did I do? I spoke to your guy. He wrote a nice article. Okay, go ahead. This sounds like somebody that definitely doesn't care, right? Yeah. <laughs> For four minutes. <laughs> Four minutes. So let's see. Four minutes of airtime. We don't know the adjusted contract, but we're going to say it's like a thousand, maybe at, at least five hundred dollars a a second. Uh, I, it no, sounds five, like the same way he didn't care about his Arsenio appearance. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. By the way, and the way the Robert Plant interview went, he didn't care about that either. Mm -hmm. By the way, guys, thank you so much for your praise on the Arsenio episode. We loved it. We loved making it. And even even though it was truncated on YouTube, that's not stopping the app. So suck our dicks, (laughs) Pelican. Crying a corner. (laughs) That's right. Fetal position. So you've got to now have the woman on the same exact page write a piece of shit, like point counterpoint. No, Howard says he's a good guy. It's bullshit. He's a shithead. <laughs> Don't read the article next to you and believe it. They're punching me in the balls while they're shaking my hand. You oh, motherfuckers. Oh, boy. Yeah, so I woke up to that. Isn't it a crazy world? It's a crazy world on the same page. Hey, here's a story of a really good guy, but I, I, I fucking hate him. But anyway. <laughs> it's called chewing gum and walking, Howard. Yeah, pretty pretty much. So... <laughs> So that was uh, that was the extent of his um, that was the extent of his whole, uh, you know, opinion the following day. Then <laughs> God love Maureen Callahan on May 15th, 2019. Uh, it's in New York Post. Howard Stern proves he really hasn't changed at all. Uh, Howard, did I strike a nerve during the first 10 minutes of his radio <laughs> show yesterday? 
Howard Stern, the new, improved, evolved, and mature Howard, went on a rant about me in the New York Post. My grave wrongdoing, it seems, was writing an opinion piece that questioned how much Howard has really changed. I think he proved my point. That column, as far as I can tell, is the only remotely critical coverage Stern has gotten since promoting his new book, which is already a smash bestseller. He listed the outlets on air. Good Morning America, the New York Times, the Philadelphia Inquirer, the Chicago Tribune, the Las Vegas Review, a two-parter with NPR's Terry Gross, Jimmy Fallon, and yes, the New York Post itself, which also ran a lovely, lengthy profile of Stern on Tuesday. And she um, highlighted it so you could follow it. How touchy is that that a mere 500 words sent him reeling? <laughs> uh, numerology on this show fascinates me. 79, 500, 34, 143. A 500 words sent him reeling. It's so true, too, because remember the, uh, what was the one columnist, Richard? There's a few. Um, which, the, which, the, which, the which, English uh, one. The English one who he couldn't remember what he said. It was Richard. Oh, God, it's going to come back to me. It's the one that Johnny Carson, where he, he told him he ripped him off. Uh, you said something bad about me. And he's like, what did I say? And he goes, <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> It'll come back to me. Lloyd, Lloyd Grove. Oh, yes, that's it. Lloyd Grove. Oh, I don't know okay. why I was thinking Richard. I apologize. No but worries. yeah, so he got touchy over that and he didn't even really remember. And the truth was, it's most likely it's something very it's something. Well, it's not something that nobody else could have come up with. But Johnny Carson said um, when he was asked in um, some video footage, you can find it online, that uh, some charity event that he was at. They said, what would you like your epitaph to be? And he said something like, uh, oh, you know, maybe uh, I'll be back right after this or something like that. And like after this, after this commercial or something like that. And then Howard was quoted as saying the same thing in an interview. And then the guy's whole premise of the column was, well, Mr. Originality is ripping off Johnny Carson. And that sent Wig into a tailspin, but not, the, not enough that he could remember what was written when he saw him in a, in a restaurant. Which is so insane. Yeah. <laughs> And if we, we, if we went through that, you guys would fucking laugh your asses off. And we may do that at one point. Cause that's a funny little mini saga. Um, okay. <laughs> she continues. I don't understand a newspaper that does this. He said in classic Howard subtlety, <laughs> 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 why am I talking to you? If you're going to fuck me in the ass, just fuck me in the ass. Any promotion is good promotion, but it's kind of a bummer. At least wait a week. <laughs> is, is this really where we're at? A 65-year-old megastar who has no problem taking other celebs down a peg demands the news cycle slow down to assuage his ego. <laughs> <laughs> who does this remind me of? Yeah, exactly. Here's what I wrote. Why has no one asked Stern, if he has evolved so much and regrets causing so much pain, to explain why he still makes fun of mentally challenged fans or why he still verbally abuses his own staff on air? Sturf ad Stern addressed none of this. Instead, he said, the post is a bunch of weirdos in brackets which true but and then that i'm the quote hit woman and a sniper so howard stern calling someone else mean he doubted oh, wow you know what yeah, go ahead. Yeah. it's so interesting she, he does this too with everyone and it, it's great that she points this out he never really goes after the accusations. He does this vague, roundabouty feelings. It's yeah. all about the feelings, how she made him feel. Yes. So it's just like this vagueness of she was mean. 
Yeah. She she was a sniper. Right. He didn't she question did the validity. He didn't question the validity. He didn't bring it into di- he wasn't trying to bring it into disrepute. He was just <laughs> But none just, of the arguments just, actually got put out she, she ne- he never actually debated nev- any of the validity of her argument. They never are. They never are. And I'm trying to think there's so many examples actually come to mind now they're all flooding back to me. But um Again, that one Lloyd Grove article was was kind of kind of the point. Like he he was he knew he was enough to be pissed off, but not enough to remember what the slight was. When you're offended, when you're pissed off at someone, you know exactly why that is. Unless you're a seventy nine narcissist. <laughs> exactly. He doubted my claim that I'm a longtime fan, but it's true. Despite my problems with Stern and his show, I've always admired the way he goes after bullies and hypocrites. Back when Ted Kennedy was still alive, Stern was the only public figure to remind us constantly of Chappaquiddick. His impressions of Ted, his Boston Brahmin accent, his pomposity and drunkenness and amorality, that's the stuff of Stern's show legend. So it's a drag to see Stern on this massive victory tour selling two falsehoods. First... <laughs> Well, three. Uh, well, the third is the cancer, fake cancer. First, a book, new book that consists of nearly 600 pages of interviews from his show is the product of two years of hard, torturous work. <laughs> <laughs> In reality, <laughs> Howard Stern Comes Again, which retails for 35 bucks a pop, contains just 17 pages of new personal material. And if you've seen any of his interviews, you know exactly what's on those pages. The other falsehood, of course, is of this self-actualized Howard Stern, his pure id as he told NPR, dead and buried. Unless, of course, you dare criticize him. It's so true. That's the irony of it, too, is him saying he's evolved and mm-hmm. her criticism of his evolution and his response mm-hmm. just proves her point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's a it's, fucking baby. <laughs> it's incredible. So what I'm going to read, guys, I'm going to read. The, we're going to read the article. I'm going to read the article. Um, and then I'm also going to read letters to the editor that were posted by the post. And, uh, you know, and that that could always be skewed one whatever way they want to go, like in favor of the author or not. But either way, I think you might find them interesting. I also have to say, I I really don't like when people use the word evolved for for the purpose of rebranding yeah covering it's not up shit. evolution a personal evolution say if like somebody like Artie who came over a drug addiction mm-hmm. that's evolved if you yes. did that in your life mm-hmm. or if you lost a child you're evolved if you came out of that a different person you know if you came out of that stronger or better or it changed your perspective on something or if you any there's different ways to evolve in life yeah but listen to every this isn't evolved this is listen to every listen to every rescinding we do he's when he's his version of contrition is never believable that's the main takeaway that's the main problem when you're going to go if you're going to say i'm evolved then fucking be believable you can't say i'm evolved and then have a, all this other shit on the side and see like treat your staff the same way you always do and also though like the wendy williams is the perfect that wendy williams rant is the perfect sort of capsule of what he really is that is the howard stern and you're only sorry to celebrities. You're yes. only sorry to people who help you rebrand mm-hmm. this evolution mm-hmm. that you want. 
you don't actually evolve to the people who help get you to be what you are. Mm -hmm. So it's pathetic. It's pathetic. It's fake. It's transparently obvious you're not evolved. Thank you, Maureen. The, the okay, look, Mark Consuelos and Kelly Ripper were at his fucking wedding, and Mark Consuelos did oh the my fucking God. ceremony, and they're no longer friends. He addressed it on the show, but he never actually claimed culpability. And it was clearly because, uh, well, it might have been because he fucking hit on Mark Consuelos, but um, it was because he was bitching, he was complaining, he was talking shit about Kelly. We know Correct. that's why it is. And he's never been contrite about it. He's like, I don't know, I must have done something. That's evolved. Right. Right. Like, so that's just one example. I've been using that more recently and I, I'm sure there's, there's a shitload more that I've you know, just, just on the tip of my tongue. You're so evolved that you care about your children so much. They weren't at your wedding. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Um, although they might've, to be fair to Howard, they might've just told him we're not fucking coming. That's true. Yeah. So that, so this is the article you've all been waiting for guys. Howard's end. <laughs> Great title. Shock, shock, Jern, St- shock, jock Stern has lost his sting and his mojo by Maureen Callahan, April 27th, 2021. And it was put in at 6 AM bright and early, which I love <laughs> before his show. Because now he starts at seven, right? Yeah. yeah. So that is so purposeful. Mm-hmm. I'm so proud of her. Now, here's the here's the only sad part of this tale, guys, because there may be a part two if we manage to get Maureen for an interview, which I would love. But if it doesn't happen, we're, we're still going to we're still going to just take this thing to, you know, <laughs> tear it apart. We're still we're, we're huge fans. Yeah, exactly. I mean, tear it apart. We, meaning We're going to take it apart bit by bit and, and analyze it. I feel more. I really hope she listens to our show. Like, I really hope she takes us in and just realizes there's so much to mine here. Yeah. And we've just like a fraction. We've done 68. This will be, well, we don't count the mini. So it's really more like 80 episodes if you really want to get technical and over a year and, um, let's see, you start in February. So a year and two months and we're still not even like a, a qu- like a fraction of the way through. Yeah. If I didn't have a child and a job, we could do this every day. <laughs> <laughs> just, just dose the kid with Benadryl and uh, <laughs> just have uh, your interns do your work for you. Um, so the 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 whole gig is we also um, had people online following the the mockery thread. And thank you guys for covering for Raven as much as you could because she really appreciates it. We appreciate all you guys did during um, this, especially C.A. Thompson, who came through like a fucking champ. And what most people like Dennis DeMarco and Reggie Bowman and uh, Isaac Lightfoot and so many people uh, said that his voice sounded off, which we've been saying yes. for the last couple of breakdowns, but not off uh, vocally, uh, not, not, not off in a natural way, off meaning depressed preoccupied preoccupied something like that i haven't heard it so unfortunately i don't have the audio to give you guys and break it down but we'll come up with that the next time we get the clips a few people messaged me uh privately too and said it uh some of our fans i won't just because they're private messages and i don't know if they want me to say who they are or not but they said that and i listened to some of this he seems not there I can't really explain it except for he's just not there. It he was just, just seems absent. He was, he was discombobulated. Like the, clearly he had that post article on his mind the whole time. 
it's kind of like you have some you it's like you're in class and you just broke up with your boyfriend or something i don't know it's like something's going on man something's going on and as a result (laughs) there's a reason why you heard i don't know how long it was but fred talk fred loads of as as filler weird yes and so you had like oh talking about riffs in other words anything that was completely dateless you didn't have to interview fred i was like what because you have no interviews all of a sudden this is what you're focusing on because you can't make it about yourself because if you start talking about yourself you're going to bring up that fucking article he did not want to do that weird hyped up like what did you do on vacation yeah rob was oddly her laughter was at such a high heightened in her chest pitch it was so forced and um jumping the gun i yeah. should say yeah it just like, seemed really agitated everything well, they, seemed very forced well the way they explained it it was like scramble a mad scramble to cover up shit like basically let's talk about anything else but the the elephant in the room or the pelican in the room as the case may be however however if you really cared about fred why wouldn't you ask about his weekend on monday right right i mean yeah like this, this, this is my whole point. If you want it to seem natural, you would, that's, that's how it would go. It's not, we got nothing to talk about because we don't have guests. It's because you, you wanted to, to somehow act like everything's kosher. You know what it reminded me of Fillmore? It would be like if they just committed a murder and <laughs> all of the listeners just walked in and they were trying to just push the body off to the side. Like right. they almost had the dirt all over it, but it was still like there was an arm right. and a boot and some fucking jacket laying yeah. around. And they were like, fuck, just push it over. And like, oh, fuck, there's a hat. Right. Like, <laughs> it was so well. We got to yeah. like move this around. It was Mom. so bizarre. <laughs> Mom, just a, just a second. Can I borrow this knife? Uh, we hit a deer on the way and I got, I got, got a, a hack. What do you call it? Po- it's poor. The, oh, the, the hoof. The hoof. It got caught in the grill and I got to hack it off. Oh, yeah. It's a sin. It's a sin. You can't leave it there. <laughs> so I'm thinking to myself, it, you know, it's almost as if they uh, they killed the f- disgraced female lead from different strokes and uh, laughed about it. Um, so let's it let's did happen. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, just a little uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, callback. And so I'm going to read this article. Sam's eyes are are dead from looking at a screen all day and I'm just waking up. So I'm fresh and fresh as a daisy in the caption. Of course it shows, you know, uh, King Curl himself and Howard Stern has gone soft after years of being the quintessential shock jock. Maureen Callahan writes and, um, Howard Stern, the Howard Stern show long in decline is dead. (laughs) That's a hell of just, you can stop there. (laughs) You know what I love about it too? Yeah. When you open a, you open a story, it's a paragraph, it's one sentence, yep. and it's indented next paragraph. That's the statement. It's powerful. Mm-hmm. Yes. And by the way, uh, Maureen Callahan is not a hack writer. She's written for some high-profile publications. And just go check out her bio, and she has a book out as well. So um, we, uh, we defer to her on this for sure because... Um, it, not just because it's so odd for any bad press to make its way, but because he, they have been working overtime, the Buckwald company to fucking put out week after week of the things. And uh, what, was, what was the other one? We, we fucking laughed at the blast, uh, bu- uh, the blast. That was the other one. So these bullshit 
you know, websites. They're already working now since this came out. Beth just got an article in the sun, which is who is Howard Stern's wife? Dylan. No, it's been the same fucking. (laughs) It's been the same dunce for the last 20 years. What are you talking about? Dylan Parker is in the process of fucking up about six paragraphs, uh, sentence by sentence. And, uh, dude, uh, don't even spell check. Just please leave it all in. It's, it's just that genius, whatever you've put, just please put it unfiltered. Don't correct it. I want to see exactly what what you write. Why the next, the last one was, why doesn't Howard Stern talk about any former staffers? The thing. (laughs) We were going to do a mini sode on that actually. And then I realized that we could, this, this came out and this took precedence, obviously in March, 2020, when New York city officially went into lockdown, Stern fled to his basement in the Hamptons one year later and now vaccinated as he first admitted on air Monday, back from yet another vacation. Stern still has no intention of ever returning to his Midtown studio, his luxury Upper West Side apartment, or any semblance of pre-pandemic life. The Howard Stern who stayed on air as planes flew into the World Trade Center is unrecognizable. What she's forgetting wow. here, what she's forgetting here, is that on 9/11 he was asking Tom re- repeatedly, "Can I go now? Can I go? Can we leave?" <laughs> this is true, but that was a great show, so I'm not going to deny that it was a great. I still listen to that show. It's a great time capsule. I'm not going to shit on it. It is a time capsule, but let's not let's not let you know the the truth fall by the wayside. Yeah, let's not going to pretend either that he was a complete dunce who was like, let's take a dart, throw it into any Middle Eastern country, yeah, exactly. and bomb it. Things will never get back to normal, he declared just two weeks ago. I do not believe the pandemic will ever be over. Oh, For that's wo- helpful. <laughs> exactly. For a once constant listener like me, well, that's key. Once constant. So how long ago? We who knows? But I'm telling you. 2019, those articles, I'm sure it was long before 2019 that she was constant. Yeah, because this has been bad for a long time. Big time. This, uh, for a once constant listener like me, this is heretical, uh, especially here in New York City where every uh, single neighborhood is struggling to survive. Also, Howard, this pandemic will end even though you, a germaphobic recluse, clearly wish you would not. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Right. We say we say this all the time. You guys, Raven, and you say this in the breakdown all the time. We have said this. Yep. He this is his greatest gift. Yes. Is this pandemic. I mean yep. he doesn't this have is to our see anybody. worst. And this is his best. Mm-hmm. Uh, but such sentiments have defined Stern's show and attitude this past year. Pessimism, anger, and a worldview that shrinks ever inward, <laughs> limited in size, and scope to, quote, and capitalized, the basement, the literal and metaphorical dwelling place, place of this once great show. Yeah. Pause. Isn't that so interesting that when he was getting divorced, his world ended, and he was always in his basement? Mm-hmm. And now his world again is kind of ending and he's once but, again, a recluse in his basement. But in, as a child, you know, with these puppets in his basement. Wow. Yeah. He's always been more comfortable as a fucking basement dweller. And, uh, I but guess his narcissism <laughs> won't allow him to be in his basement entirely. No, not entirely. That's right. Cause it needs to be fed. It needs to be, it's like, it's like fuel. Um, Stern 67 renewed his contract with Sirius XM last December, signing for five years at a reported 120 million per, which Carrie and I, by the way, did a 
I'm, I'm going to self-promote Carrie and I recorded a marbles episode. That's about two and a half hours and is brilliant guys. I'm, I'm telling you, you're really going to enjoy it. And we don't believe the 120 million bullshit at all. We know that that's some fucking bullshit leak Buckwald company leak or the blast. And they just want to promote it as being that because there's no way it that was just to placate him not making the same as Joe Rogan. Okay. Thank God. I was going to say, if you guys don't, push back against this i'm gonna be pissed because i didn't believe that for a fucking second yeah no one believed it no one this is incredible considering he works three days a week monday through wednesday broadcasting maybe three hours per day about 112 shows per year with 253 days off now as raven pointed out we don't know what the number full number of shows will be this year and she believes it'll be less than 112 or hours reduced in such a way that I originally said he'll like cut back an hour and still make it 112 shows, but the equivalent of like 84 shows or something like that, just to compensate for the loss of pay. Okay. Yeah. But don't you feel like she sounds snarky here in this paragraph when she's saying, yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like she doesn't even believe it as she's writing it. No, God, no. She's just, she, this is the whole point reported. 120 million per that's a salary of over 1 million per show once upon a time you could argue that that would be fair compensation after all one could never predict what stern would do or say as memorialized by an analyst in stern's 1997 biopic private parts yes guys you know you can find it in the sci-fi section um the average radio listener listens for 18 minutes the average howard stern fan listens for are you ready for this an hour and 20 minutes answer most commonly given i want to see what he'll say next as for those who loathe Stern, the average Stern hater listens for two and a half hours a day. Most common answer, I want to see what he'll say next. I love how she puts pictures in the article that show all his different wigs. <laughs> it's so <laughs> fucking purposeful and fantastic. And she references, she per, she purposely references things so poignantly, like amazing Amazing. <laughs> I love I love the post because some of the uh, stories that they're tagging to this at the top, it's just one of the captions says, kindergarten teacher busted for cocaine during recess, cops say. Talk about blowing off work. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, let's keep going. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hi, children. Come on, get it. It's nap time. <laughs> Not for That's teacher. <laughs> Not for teacher. <laughs> Today, it's all too easy to predict what Stern will say next. Don't just take my word for it. Endless Reddit threads and da -da -da -da, Facebook groups are devoted to carbon dating the show's death, parsing over its comedic breadcrumbs and wondering why Stern even bothers any anymore. Now, I am not going to claim ownership of the Facebook group devoted to carbon dating the show's death, as she quotes. Um, but uh we there's only so many oh well I mean, i'm saying it's not i mean there are other ones the the there's a couple ones on there that are claimed to be fan sites but they're mostly haters except for a few for a few extremely delusional fuckheads that decide what do you care what do you like why are you posting if you don't care i've looked because of what we do i've yeah. looked at what what's out there on facebook for this nobody nobody does the dating and has like a has a really nice timeline and respectful sort of outline and page like we do. Mm -hmm. Everyone's fighting and you know disrespectful. It's all over the place. It's yeah. not a consistent 
I don't see her going on that. Well, I, I just don't. Going on, it, I could see her going on Reddit. I could see her going on Reddit. A sure. Reddit? Yeah, yeah. A Facebook yeah. group. What's on Facebook? Have you seen? Yeah, it's just, it's scattershot. It's all over the place. I mean, not, we're not talking fan sites, obviously. We're talking about uh, no one, the hate groups, the hate groups. But you don't know, like even even to you know to people who join ours and to, like that are this this one uh, Mrs. Angie who um, joined our Facebook group not knowing <laughs> we were a hate group uh, or ex super fans rather, uh, which is you know same shit, but you know it's a little one is a little more explanatory than than the other. Um, and I kindly messaged her and said, look. From the outset, I don't blame you. We don't indicate that we're an ex-super fan group. We just say it's about Howard Stern, the podcast, and that's because we want to draw people in. Uh, if we said outright, we think he's shit, maybe that would get more people. I have no idea, but I don't want it to be like that. I want it to be, we're some, because if there's something positive that he does, we do mention that as well. I feel like um, more people, I, I kind of feel like a support group sometimes when people are like, man... I, I binge listen to this and <laughs> I have to admit it. Yeah. Well, you guys yeah. are right. Yeah. Well, it's, it really terrible. is like, I can't remember. I'm in the so major. glad I found you, but I can't believe it. Like, you know, you get through the first couple and you're just like, fuck. Right. You're, you're like, it is like the, which is it? The red pill or the blue pill in the matrix? I forget this reference. I think it's Every the red pill. Time. You get red pilled. Okay. So whatever, either way you get rid of, get out of the matrix. And we've had a couple people turn complete, like listening to it because we don't just base it on our, our own opinions. It's really look, listen to the clips, listen to it the way anybody should listen to it and judge for yourself. If we didn't provide the clips, I could understand more people thinking what a bunch of fucking crackpots. And yes, it's maybe a waste of time because I could be like doing an MA. I could be, I don't know, rock climbing or something, but we get enjoyment out of this. That's, that's the key. I said to Rick, I go, you know, when Mia, when she's, you know, uh, in college, I go, I think I'm going to go to law school. And he goes, why don't you go to law school now? And I go, well, cause I have the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was joking, <laughs> but, but not really. <laughs> uh, your honor, just, just a moment, please. I'm responding to Fillmore calling <laughs> Stern a cocksucker. <laughs> okay. So then he should, she, she's she also, you're right. She goes through the years. There's a K rock photo, black and white dated, um, from Ron Galella. I don't even know he's still alive, but he was a legendary photographer, paparazzi. And, uh, the wig is <laughs> in full force as well. Um, Howard Stern seen here with Robin Quivers in 1992 used to be able to tout massive rating success. So <laughs> she's going after his ratings. <laughs> 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 the hits she keep on coming. She captioned the picture shitty. <laughs> and that's this is the thing. We don't know that she captioned. She's responsible for the captions either. Like she could be, but I, I don't know how it works. De generally, when I used to, when when I still do uh, reviews or when I um, when I still do. Um, uh, photographic, you know, cause I, I take pictures and I do the writing and I caption my own stuff, but sometimes the editor gets a little cutesy and decides, Oh, I'm going to caption it. I know better. I'm like, okay, yeah, you took the picture. You know better. What do I know? Fuck me. Uh, so yeah, the, when uh, I did it for high school, I didn't get to caption pictures. Yeah, typically someone decides that's their creative license, so it's, <laughs> no, they put their stamp on it. Indeed, she says, she writes down, Stern sounds like a guy who should have retired years ago, one begging to be fired, <laughs> an attempt to end his own misery. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Howard, your listeners are right there with you. Put us all out of your misery. 
<laughs> it's brilliant. Okay, now here's where it goes. Consider, she's like just gaining steam here. Consider a typical show consisting on a daily Groundhog Day-like basis of such content as imitations of his non-agenarian parents and hear hearing loss. What? What did you say? As enjoyable as talking to one's own hard of hearing relatives while revisiting slights and traumas from his childhood, yet insisting that decades of three to four day a week therapy have made him less angry and more evolved. Oh my God. Tell me she's not <laughs> listening to our show. Exactly. We usually seg into graphic sex obsessed talks with Ronnie the limo driver, a 71 year old <laughs> Stern show mainstay who has now become its lead character, eating up airtime and surpassing Stern himself. In, in parentheses, hope Ronnie got a raise for all this heavy lifting, unlistenable though he may be. Oh my fucking God. I don't believe that she doesn't hear us. Oh, I'm certain. I'm certain she must have at least in, in cursory listen once in a while. Or it depends on the topic. Like, I understand even amongst our own fans, they're like, lately, for example, our two latest uh, breakdowns, the uh, I Am Not a Fanook, they get criminally underviewed on YouTube, even though the podcast numbers are uh, generally average for what those things usually do. I can only imagine it's because the fucking content is so awful to listen to. Yeah, he's a brilliant, he's brilliant. Um, wait, scroll up a little bit. I just want to look at that picture. Okay. Go up a little more of him because he's so tall. So he's holding a serious boom box with his Floby floof. <laughs> yeah, this was at the giveaway. I can't remember where, but it was, you know, the giveaway for the serious radios. Um, uh, this is when he was in his Tony Soprano tracksuit days. Yeah. Ralph was dressing him like a... Like a Jersey hitman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other next caption is from the same event, and it says Ronnie the limo driver may get more air to, on air time than Stern these days. Uh, if it's Monday, we may get a recap of Howard's weekend, which typically involves how many Peloton classes he took, updates on his lifelong disordered eating, <laughs> current blood levels, and rants on why the one percenters who live near him in the Hamptons post-vaccine won't wear masks all the time. I, I really like the way she said lifelong disordered eating yep. because I, I feel like she framed it that way purposefully because if you say eating disorder, you're going to get in trouble. But if you say disordered eating, you're not. That's right. And I think it's so true also because yeah. he does have an eating disorder. Yeah. And his, I mean, if anyone has listened to his diet, it's disgusting well the fact that he went to a doctor and the doctor told him you need to stop being a pescatarian <laughs> another don't do what you're doing you're doing it wrong it's like anything else he's just stupid someone he probably listened to someone and said you have to eat this and ate it and decided not to research anything and just go for it the same way Robin did every time she did a yo-yo diet. She, David Blaine did the master cleanse, which, by the way, everybody was debunked well into its you know, existence. And it's basically starving yourself. Jesus, who couldn't lose weight on that? And then she decides she's going to do it. And then, you know, like she didn't bother. Or the Dr. Ronnie. <laughs> and then oh. the marbles behind the, the magnets behind her ears. Uh, <laughs> we, well, we what could, was the one where like this, the sweat, the sweat person? The guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like yeah, remember that? Blank, the UV blanket, which they found out <laughs> could kill you. Or she when she flew to LA to get her blood recirculated. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> Meanwhile, you could get fucking clots in the plane on the way there. Okay, so it continues. If his if his much younger model wife Beth comes up, it's to discuss how efficiently efficiently she cleans now that the maids are gone, her eating habits and blood levels, and the hundreds of rescue cats that cycle in and out of their house. Wow. If the well, bats, did you, did I... sorry. Did you just? That's their marriage. Yes. Right there. Mm-hmm. So if his wife Beth comes up, it's about how efficient she efficiently she cleans because there's no maid. That's so weird. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Uh, she hit the nail on the head. If the Bachelor or the Bachelorette happens to be airing, we can count on a mind-numbing forty-five minute soliloquy. <laughs> 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 Colton, Colton, wherefore out thou? <laughs> yeah, and then they show a picture of of uh, you know him in his you know uh, Vincent Price garb at the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction thing for uh, Ro- uh, what's his name Bon Jovi, and <laughs> Beth looks like <laughs> oh god, Beth looks like she Beth looks like she was just dragged out of a gay bar at yes. four thirty in the morning. Her makeup Fucking, looks. Her makeup looks really odd in this picture. I'll have to put it up. It looks like she cap. just threw up, <laughs> and like she just rubbed her eyes, and it was like, "Hey, do you remember those? Uh, remember those kaleidoscopes or telescopes where they'd put ink at the end of it, and when you put it up to that was the joke thing. Like you'd put a, a black circle around people's eyes as a joke. That's what yes. it looks like. That's, that's yeah. The, they would they would sell those gags at yeah. like Spencer's Gifts or something. Right. Uh, next, we'll probably take some calls from the mentally impaired characters known as the Whack Pack or be subject to prank phone calls that Stern insists are real but are clearly fake and scripted. <laughs> oh, you are so correct. Now, to be fair, they would never do a live prank call on the Stern show. So, like the, 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 so those, those bits where they would call Wendy or they'd call High Pitch Eric, we knew they were always pre recorded. So, that's, that's to me is not such a big deal. But it's the interviews now that are getting pre recorded. And that's the really fucked thing because he goes on and on about podcasts. What is a pre recorded bit but a podcast? Right. I also think, too, the fact that he has three days mm-hmm. and he talks about, I'm talking to the guys. I got a lot to do. I can't do planks. Yeah. I I can't do anything. I'm busy. I'm so busy. I can't even write this book that I had to just do a book of transcripts. I had to fake cancer for this book. So um, I'm going to just give you some pre-recorded, you know, prank phone calls that I didn't do. Yeah, and are, are, is the guys like basically all the lucky Pierre's between him and Ralph uh, that are waiting for him and whatever? <laughs> I mean, the, when he says the guys, that's uh, nebulous. Uh, the she says she continues in lieu of picking on society's weakest, Stern will turn his rage on most any staffer in his sights. It says something that even the most picked upon loyalist, say his producer of thirty-seven years, doesn't even bother to really fight back anymore. Well, it's because he well he can't and he he doesn't really yeah it's true doesn't care but he never could really uh, uh he'd always get shouted out he, d- he did though at some point yeah like we're we, talking we, we, 10 years we before had, yeah we but like we played some clips of him uh pushing back on howard's wardrobe oh god that was one of the best clips but i mean I, I, what she's saying is like he can't even be bothered to fight back anymore which is true but it's also enforced now he's not allowed to go on the wrap-up show and say you know howard's full of shit although that facebook one is pretty recent 
the 2015 re- relatively speaking in terms of how you know how butthurt howard would get if that was 2017 or 18 or 19 i mean it's not even that recent we're in 2021 yeah. that is pathetic but also too why even bother fighting back you're in the you're in the end of your career yeah you're going to retire you ha- this where are you going to go after this the people i feel bad for are who are these 75 other people you hired yeah <laughs> That's a good one, too. Uh, continues here. Uh, okay, the, from the Bibui uh, paragraph. Why? My guess is that Stern Sarantz are so expected and so often hit the same notes, personal hygiene, looks, financial status, marital troubles, professional incompetence, that even attacked staffers feel the same boredom that long ago came over their listener. <laughs> what an indictment. And how could they not? Stern long ago abandoned his best attribute going after famous hypocrites. Hilaria Baldwin, for example, pretending for years to be from Spain when really she's from Boston and bagging a movie star would have once been Stern's show father for days. But Hilaria barely rates a mention. Why? Can't piss off Howard's good pal Alec in the Hamptons. Howard's in with all the cool kids. All he ever really wanted, despite claims to the contrary. How That's- you say, how you say... Alec, Alec, Alec. Doesn't she look like Pablo Escobar's wife? <laughs> Doesn't she look like a drug dealer's wife? Yeah, yeah, she does. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say, Alec, we do yoga. I love yoga. Carmen, Rafa. And I have uh, Michael Leonardo and Eduardo and Mary Lou and... Uh, At- Add another uh, uh, impression to Sam's repertoire of Judy and Drunk Beth and, uh, God, what was the other one you did? <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ. A few more. I am from Mallorca. Oh, Mallorca. Tara, Tara Reed. Tara Reed is the one I forgot. How much would I love, <laughs> how much would I love, and SNL, if you're listening, by the way, why don't you make a sketch of Hilaria Baldwin talking in, you know, the faux, supposed Spanish accent and suddenly, like, getting a call waiting and then switching the call and switching to a Southie accent? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Alec, make sure you're not eating any bread. This bad for you. Rafa, Carmen? Okay, hold on. Yeah. Can you just, like, listen? I really want a ball man bag right now. A ball man bag right now. What? No, I'm not going to wait for that. A ball man bag. Did you fucking hear what I said? When he's filming another unwatchable movie. Who's the hypocrite now? Callahan continues. Instead, we get musings on how wonderful Stern's BFF Jimmy Kimmel is and uh, what it's like to go to parties at Jimmy's house in L.A. and hobnob with George Clooney, Howard the Everyman, the commuter's best friend, rest in peace, or his days as a judge judge on America's Got Talent. This thin... Yeah. This thin, tepid gruel is finished off with what it was like for Howard the Renegade to break into radio, deep dive instructions on how to queue up songs on vinyl, and general get-off-my-lawn gripes about life in America circa now. I just don't know what you could do to get noticed on this YouTube. Just cancel, <laughs> just cancel sports. Who cares? So fucking dumb. Podcasts, they're bores. They're fucking bores. <laughs> And then there's, a, there's a caption from him from uh, America's Got Talent, another one of those Adam's Apple prominent, like Adam's Apple first photos. And it says, the caption reads, Howard still spends time musing of his time <laughs> on his time on America's Got Talent. Hey, Howard's Adam's Apple looks like somebody who's pickpocketing. <laughs> it looks like he ate a drumstick, bone included, and wasn't phased in the slightest. 
like just continued on life, you know, like with this thing cartoon. Out. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Cartoon Perhaps, level swallowing. Yeah, exactly. Perhaps that last sentiment is related to Stern's waning influence. Upon the announcement of Stern's imminent contract renewal in 2020, B. Riley and B. Riley analyst Zach Silver wrote to clients in part. Is Howard Stern really worth $100 million plus a year? Our recent no. survey work suggests that only a low single-digit percentage of respondents subscribe to SiriusXM solely because of Howard Stern. Silver uh, suggested that the re-up most benefited the company's stock price. For investors, he wrote, we believe that a potential renewal with Stern serves as a pro- proof point that SiriusXM can continue to retain and attract top sound talent to its service. So we talked about that. Uh, I remember we posted that on our Facebook page. So Silver suggested that the re-up most benefited the comp, the company's stock price for investors. This is interesting. And I remember we posted this on, I feel like that re-signing is a, it's a bubble. It's yeah. a fake inflation Right. So it's hype. Mm-hmm. It's a hype. It's mm-hmm. not real numbers. So if you want to think of an internet bubble or some sort of hype on, yeah. I don't know, a cryptocurrency, let's say, it's it's not really, I, I, I don't want to, it's like, it's not really going to lead to anything. Well, I, no. I'm not going to even say crypto. We're okay. going to say it's like for investors, there's no real hype. It's fake hype. Okay, so it's... here, I'll, I'll give a sporting analogy. Uh, Fernando Torres, uh, and, and I know this is going to be like over your head because it's not, you know, it's a European football. Fernando Torres got sold to Chelsea FC from Liverpool for 50 million dollars, 50 million euros, I believe, uh, like an, or 50 million pounds. I can't remember, but it was a shitload of money. But it, this is after his legs were shot. Like he'd okay. had 18, 18 months of injuries and like recurring injuries, and he just wasn't the guy he was anymore. And he lost his pace. He lost his, you know, confidence. And he went to Chelsea and Liverpool, let, well, years after the fact the players that were on the team with him said like go go like he basically they knew that he was shot like he was done but for some reason this happened and you put that 50 million figure on him and all of a sudden people think wow okay now we're going next level but if you're not a fan of that team and you're not watching him how do you know that he's worth the 50 that's why like for example joe rogan just had an article that came out um, it was trending on Twitter. It was how the Spotify thing, uh, it was about how Spotify basically uh, kind of cut his legs from under him. He took the money and ran. Mm-hmm. It did it. It kind of fucked his popularity, mm-hmm. uh, chopped him down in his height. He took the check. And I think he's interesting and I still listen to his podcast and I love him. I don't feel that way, but mm-hmm. I could see how people can feel that way, that he took the money over his, over the YouTube kind of favored crowd. Was this an op-ed piece or was this like an analyst going into it? It was an analyst going into it. Okay. Because you posted a a recent article, which I'd love to bring up, and I forgot to bring it up with Carrie because we just had too many clips to get to, um, about the um, analyst talking about how stations would kind of pray for Howard to fail sometimes because if he met these bonuses, they don't know that the ad revenue that they would have made would have offset the cost of giving him these fucking huge payouts for meeting uh, ratings books. 
like uh, that he would get. So that they would hire him, like they would syndicate him, but hope he wouldn't make the the numbers that he was hoping to make, so that they could just get rid of him. Right. Which was fascinating to me because this would have been. I guess early two thousands. Like, so basically he was a big white elephant for a lot of stations that maybe couldn't afford him, but went for it anyway, but really shouldn't have. Yes. 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 So at any rate, I, and I got to go, maybe we'll go through that article or just me and you do like a mini sode for that one, because on, on a financial level, yeah. that's why, that's why Carrie I and really I really like the financials of this. Right. And so Carrie and I, like when we got further into it, I realized we should make this a, a standalone Sunday episode. I thought it was only going to be like an hour, maybe hour, 20 minutes and we'll release it during the week. I go, no, this is a good enough for a, a standalone episode. Uh, really, why should Stern put any effort into his show when he's been rewarded for hardly working? The less he puts into the show, the more he treats his paying audience with contempt, the more money he makes. No wonder he won't leave his bunker, uh, which is a good point. I mean, but the, the problem is, so the, the, the fallacy is she believes, or she may not, but she's writing as if she's not quite sure. And most people think they, he's making this much money, like shitloads of money. I, Carrie and I both contend that he's not making much money at all. He still shouldn't have been re-signed. No, absolutely not. And certainly not at the expense of Jason Ellis and Jenny McCarthy and uh, Covino and Rich and all these other people that fucking got shit-canned. All of that said, one of the most perplexing decisions to fans of late is the unexplained dropping of the show's most popular segment, historically airing last. The news, with sidekick Robin Quivers going through the day's headlines while Stern riffed extemporaneously. Um, the news cost nothing to produce was a must listen and usually guaranteed him at least one unpredictable hot take from Stern, earning him a spot in the news cycle yet in quarantine, the most newsworthy year in recent memory, this segment has completely disappeared with zero explanation. There may be no greater F you to his longtime fan base. Even that is too much work. It's not work. It's the fact that it's, he has become (laughs) such a, such a, fucking pussy cuck that he won't even put out an opinion that's his own do you think it's that or do you think it's more do you think it's yes of course that's it it's it's all about me dangerous it's too dangerous he won't even he won't put out anything controversial so if it's about the news he's not going to go against the grain and Mm -hmm. robin which he was putting out that was the news was so boring to him yeah. That he just stopped caring. Yeah, he did. But also, do you think at some point it was a sit down between him and Marcy where she said, look, you can't you, you can't comment on this anymore. Or do you think it was a, a calculated thing from him saying, look, I don't give a fuck anymore. And also, I don't want to get the controversial shit out there. So I thought about this. It was a degradation of Robin's news stories became so obvious that she didn't read them beforehand. And oh, they yes. were so fucked up. Oh, they were it awful. Was so fucked up. Yeah. It was it was a spelling bee of <laughs> the most faulty proportions. Yeah, it was. Ridiculous. I mean, stats that were wrong. It was robinswrong.com 24/7. Yeah. To the point so where you could you... make you could make an episode based on her fuck-ups from one day. Like one thing could be an hour podcast. Uh a fire of <laughs> it's dead air. Um, in Minneapolis, in Minnesota, Minnesota, North Carolina, North Minnetonka, killed. I mean, mutilated. And well, you know, some people died. 
and <laughs> this vague book. It was just so ter. It was terrible. Yeah. So I understand that, like her obvious, uh, terrible participation in that mm-hmm. really, you know, probably helped him along with getting rid of it. Yeah. But I also think it was the fact he didn't want to offer a controversial opinion on anything anymore, and not even controversial. The fact that his controversial opinions only came because they provided him ratings, because they provided him that narcissistic supply, which he wasn't getting anymore from that. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't exist anymore. Well, not only how bad she was reading them, but he wouldn't respond to a lot of things. He just let her drone on and people were like, well, what's the fucking point of the news? If Artie can't, is not there to riff or Gilbert isn't in to riff on it, or if some guest comedian isn't in on, or Howard doesn't comment, there's no give and take. We also have to remember at the end of that, she also started realizing that the news was, this is Robin's time to shine. Robin started taking it as this is my time to get out what I want to say. Mm-hmm. And come hell or high water, I don't give a shit. You're going to listen to what I have to say. And <laughs> you're going to listen. <laughs> it gets better, by the way, guys. The self-proclaimed, hi, Henry. The self-proclaimed king of all media has, without seeming to realize it, given a master class in how to lose an entirely captive audience. <laughs> That's great. Um, especially since say, Facebook does have a lot of those videos that those ads that come up, like, you know, David Mamet's giving a, a masterclass in, you know, directing. And then, uh, Neil Gaiman is going to do a masterclass on writing. <laughs> I, I, um, what's her face, uh, from Vogue, Anna Wintour yeah. is going to give a ma- I wanted to, I just, you fuck you. Yeah, I, I think I think if anything, COVID and these last Oscar ratings just gave the biggest middle finger to yep. that whole, uh, that whole institution institution of elitist. I'm better than you. Mm-hmm. You're not. This is one of the best parts of the article. It's all good, but this is really where it gets good. Sirius XM doesn't release ratings, but as far back as 2013, Stern knew he was in trouble. He called a crisis meeting, thankfully taped and leaked by a disgruntled employee, and in brackets, you can watch it on YouTube, and they provide a link. This is Howard Stern as Norman Desmond, <laughs> blaming everyone else for his decline. <laughs> So the and they give the link. They give they, they give two li- links for it. Actually, just I think just in case. Here he is standing alone on a stage. His beleaguered staff sitting below. You know what he begins? If this show isn't here in three years, you don't have a fucking job. I'm pissed. He was just getting started. Why? Stern asked. Can he get Tom Cruise or Brad Pitt? Hell, even Neil Young to appear on his show. It's bugging the shit out of me. He said. Neil Young shouldn't be able to shit without hearing someone talking about me. A PowerPoint of favored guests who Stern fawns over to a disgusting degree on air turned into a verbal assault against almost every single one. (laughs) (laughs) And remember, everyone, this PowerPoint was ushered in as a vision, a positive vision Mm -hmm. for the new Howard Stern show. It was ushered in as, you know... The namaste of the new Howard Stern show. Like we're going to we're going to bring in all these new people. This is going to be the new second coming of this. We're going to turn a corner. Everyone, we're going to be all on the same page in love and light and fuck Facebook. Yeah, the the 
It keeps going. Uh, Whitney Cummings was doing jack shit when we found her. She was going nowhere fast, Stern said. Adam Levine owes this man. No one was looking for him before The Voice. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and David Letterman, I've done his show probably 27 fucking times, and he's only been on our show twice. <laughs> Shows how much he cares about you. Exactly. <laughs> so maybe Stern should have asked himself why he, unlike some others in show business, doesn't beget loyalty. Nah, he kept on blaming the overworked, underappreciated, and abused staff who he added looked like unwashed slobs. <laughs> this is exactly, you know what? I didn't even realize this. Maureen got my point from before. Yep. This is evolved. She is exactly saying what I said evolved would be to credit the people who made your show yep not the celebrities who you flippantly trash and then praise trash and then praise yeah you have no real association with just some surface level nonsense and slob hobnobbing you fucking fruit. <laughs> they wrote this. They transcribed this perfectly. And they added itali- They italicized it where exactly it was necessary and, and, and made it l- large print, whatever. Uh, uh, uppercase. We look like we have homeless people working here, Stern said. Publicists, managers, celebrities go, oh, this show is so gross. Look at them. They look like bums. They don't know what they're doing. You've just blown it for me. Go the fuck home and get dressed. <laughs> it, it, it's not... They all came on the show in the 90s when it was less than that, when you had nobody working for you, when it was a radio station with other shows, when it was basically like an attic. Yep. (laughs) After all, Stern said, the Howard Stern show is maybe the coolest, hippest place to work on the planet. (laughs) Because people say hippest. Yeah. If even even if Stern didn't know the name of that rock star who could maybe convince Eddie Vedder to appear, the late Chris Cornell, or that Brad Pitt isn't from Kansas, he's from Missouri, or that celebrity guests had been left to linger in the lobby, no show escort before giving up and going home, John Bon Jovi twice. Black old son, yeah. <laughs> Jeremy spoke. <laughs> Underpinning all this rage was Stern admitted the company's overall disdain for his show. We we when we if you guys revisit our fucking summit breakdown, which again was a huge albatross, but once we got done with it, we realized okay, this is maybe our Citizen Kane of this. It's not no one's going to do better than this summit breakdown. They just won't. And no, they could try it twice and fail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the remastered version. Yeah, that because the sound was the issue, right? Not the cackling, not the cackling so, cocksucker. So bad. Exactly. Sirius has treated us in a very odd way, Stern said. We're going to fix that. I've heard Sirius XM president, CCO, uh, or I think about COO, uh, Scott Greenstein say, oh, why would we put Artist X on your show? What are you fucking high? You put them on our show because we're the only channel everyone's anyone's listening to. Not anymore. <laughs> well, bravo. Love, do you want to know? I love uh, it's so purposeful how she starts in one purposeful sentence um, on its own. And she ends in one purposeful statement on its own. Mm-hmm. It's so uh, poignant. I love it's it. Per- it's it's perfection, uh, and it's, so this is from the twenty eighth, uh, um, the, like the you know present day, right? The New York Post. Um, I also love how she sent it at six a.m. because that's when he used to start. 
Yes. And she knew that. She had to know that. She did uh, know that. Yeah. So this is people responding to it. And I'll read some of the letters. Maureen Callahan hit every nail on the head. She underscored the reason I and others in their 50s have stopped listening to or even caring for Howard Stern as he is no longer a must listen. The predictable parent imitations are stale. Long gone are the calling out of celebrity hypocrisy where Howard touched on what we were all thinking, making him more relatable. I also feel Robin Quiver's anger contributes to their dabbling in polarizing political views. Stern is a brand, a label, one that used to have an edge but now teeters over it and has pushed many longtime listeners like myself into, into a pool of apathy in recent years. Great read. Callahan always delivers something Howard used to do by Steve Pothos from Medford. Yep. I do agree with that. Robin has been uh, oddly angry. Yeah. Like, you just never even know where her anger is going to derive from. But on some topics, it's like, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It manifests itself in times that seem incongruous, with the exception of the um, uh, more recent, what was it, the, what was her name, Simona Dinnerstein thing, where that was clearly, like, mandated by a sit-down her. with Simone. Yeah, so it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't organic, really. Um the next person uh, from Lorenzo Magnifico, which I'm sure is a bullshit name, but it sounds great. I gave Callahan a hard time when she bashed Rochester, but I have to compliment her on her Howard Stern article. The other day as I listened to the show or part of it, which was all I could take, I kept thinking how lame and sad the show is now. Her article really hit every point on the head. Uh, next person. I wanted to congratulate Callahan on an awesome article about Stern. Sometimes it's tough being on the listening end of the speakers when he continually disparages insults and dismisses his audience. Yes, I'm a fan, but I definitely realize I'm not a fan of who he is now, rather than who he was. It's almost insulting that he gets paid the amount of money he does for the product he's putting out. Howard has become the old uncle you just let babble on. You kind of let babble on in the corner. He is literally just a link to yesteryear, and I believe Sirius pays more for that than for the content of the show. He has gone from the world's greatest showman to the world's greatest, greatest fraudster. He is receiving an obnoxious amount of money to fund his Hamptons bunker and berate the common folk. George Briggs from Middlesex, New Jersey. Wow. Yep. You know, I was, I was at my sister's house and uh, I was, when I came in, they were listening, there, there was some show on, I think it's called, uh, I think it's called the, the five or something. And there was this uh, guy named, I think his name is Jesse Waters. And mm -hmm. he was talking and he said, uh, uh, he was taught, there's like five reporters or something. They talk every day. Mm -hmm. And he said, he goes, I was listening to Howard Stern. I listen every day. And he said something like, uh, he was talking to, he was talking to a doctor, Agus, and even the doctor was telling him, no, you don't need to wear a mask outside. And he still wants to stay inside. People are insane. They don't want to hear it. Like he was just trying to make the point of like, he's not listening. Yeah. He's gone. Yeah. So he was trying to make the point that he's lost it mm -hmm. and he wants to stay in his, but he was talking about it. And of course it caught my attention because it was about him. Yeah. Not that I watched the show, but I was like, oh, he's crazy. Like he literally mm. a doctor was on the show. And I remember, cause I was listening to the show and I was like, this guy, this, there's a doctor telling you your wife is wrong. She can breathe outside yeah. when she's on a walk. Mm -hmm. She's holding her breath. <laughs> Darwin, Darwin <laughs> proved Darwin's theory proven once again. Holy uh, shit. Yeah. 
Yeah. This next person writes, wrote, uh, writes down, uh, thank you for the article on Howard. I thought it was the only one who felt this way. He is a bitter old man who is so New York centric that he has absolute disdain for people like me in rural America, which by the way, guys, we do not, uh, I don't care where you guys come from that you listen to us. And in fact, I got an email from a fan in guess where Slovenia of all places. Really? I'm not joking. This, um, this uh, person, I won't give his name unless he gives me permission in the future. He emailed me and, um, I guess because now I put out my email for the, uh, PayPal, PayPal thing on the, the YouTube videos that a couple people. That's so he, great. Yeah. And he, and I asked any, and, and I was curious, I said, how, no offense, but how, what reason would you have to listen to Howard Stern in Eastern Europe and how, what opportunity? And he said, basically he, uh, had spent time in the States when, you know, like or late nineties, I suppose. And when he went back to Slovenia, he had had people, friends at the time who sent him tapes of the Stern show because wow. he became a fan then. And, um, and anyways, and there's a couple other people that have sent me emails uh, basically, basically saying, love the podcast. So I really didn't think that would come of that, but thank you guys. And we get, our fans are from all over. They really, really are. Um, they, and, they are and we have people from yeah. Australia, Britain. Yeah. Different parts of the UK. Um, certainly Canada and the United States are the mainstays, but Jesus Christ, what we, we get, we get people living everywhere. Um, so his tirades there about masks are tedious and the continued belief in the New York times as gospel is boring. He has a big contract. He doesn't mind being holed up and he has a huge home in the Hamptons. Good for him, but bad for the show. Thanks for the column. It's the keeper, Jim Folger, Howard County, Mississippi. I was going to say Mississauga, just because when I see the acronym, when I see the abbreviation, I'm thinking Toronto. Yeah, go I, ahead. I like I like how people always have to say like, "Oh, I'm rural America." I'm from rural America. I live in a rural town. That's mm-hmm. like a. It's not a bad thing. It's you know, I feel like people always have to preface that like, it's a it's a good thing. You don't have to feel bad about it. Yeah, and there's okay. I'm gonna read only one more, guys, and then I'll we'll we'll wrap this one up. Callahan's column regarding Howard Stern was spot on. I started listening when he came to WNBC and followed his journey through the various stations until he landed at Sirius. He was way back when unique, funny, outspoken, and very entertaining, especially if you had a lengthy commute. But he has been phoning it in for years. I stopped listening more than ten years ago because the attributes that made his show an appealing choice were gone. Instead, we got his morning ego exercise and the long list of unfunny. Idiots that make up his entourage. Thanks for pointing out what most radio, radio listeners have known for a while. It's nice to see in a public por- forum like the Post. Bob McTurnan, uh, Vancouver, Washington. Oh, do two more. Do two more. There's only one more, I believe, so far. I mean, it doesn't mean that more aren't coming in and they're processing them at the Post, but we haven't seen them yet. Uh, this is the last one. Callahan is so right about Stern. I stopped listening to his show in May of last year after 30 years of tuning in. I found myself turning the show off frequently because it was just so bad. I was no longer funny. It was no longer funny or entertaining in any way. Just three hours of talking about President Donald Trump and the coronavirus. I could turn on any cable news show and hear that. It wasn't what I listened to his show to hear. He also became extremely nasty towards the listeners. When he said that he wanted Trump voters to die, I turned off the show for good. He should end the show and retire. Ryan Such, Danbury, Connecticut. Now, this is one thing that I don't think we've stressed enough in the in the course of our podcast life. Um, he was never more at his at his most boring than when he was talking about politics. You and I both agree, and we think most people would. I feel like if you're going to do that, if you're going to go that route, go that route. Hmm. But if you're if you're going to give some haphazard answer with no 
source of knowledge or gumption behind it with mm. no source of knowledge or resource behind it and you're not going to back it with everything that you have mm -hmm. you're a coward you're embarrassing and you're just boring it's incredibly childish stupid naive and i really i don't know like i personally just hated everything he had to say about it just because it said nothing it said nothing <laughs> Well, he was completely uh, misinformed or uninformed. He was just like it was the uh, kinder, like a third grader's view of politics. It was a know? popularity contest. Yeah, but not only that. It's For him. Just, well, the other thing was, let's face it. I wanted to hear about pop culture when I listened to Stern. I wanted to hear interviews. I didn't care if he had guys like Arlen Specter on, which uh, that's fascinating. Like interviews, different, different beast altogether. If they happen to be political guys, you know, a odd place for them to be. But it's better than his take on almost anything political. So I liked political figures, like if they were disgraced political figures or if there was something that happened politically and they came on the show, say, after the fact, sure. then I wouldn't mind. Right. You know what I'm saying? But in the midst of what was happening at the time, what are, what are you doing? Right. Like, what it's, are you doing? It's the same exact reason why we chose not to make politics a staple of our show because number one, you could get it just about any fucking where, and there was just too much of it out there. We made that a mandate early on, even though there might be times where we do want to talk about something political, but we realized number one, we're not polarizing our audience. Number two, I didn't go to school to study. I didn't study politics really in school. It's just like a, you know, the, the views of the late, the, you know, the, I'm a random my knowledge is about as average as just our, like our knowledge. Else. Our knowledge is saturated and stern. This is what we're doing. Right. We're focusing on we're trying to laser focus on stuff. So if I make an SCTV reference, OK, fine. I'm trying to go for the cheap. Yeah, cheap I have. A, I watched Happy Gilmore 11 times in one day when I was 11. Right. That's just, that's my foray. Right. I'm not William F. Buckley or James Carville. I'm not, you know, I'm not Gore Vidal trying to, trying to, just, you know, sway you with my intellect. Um, but either way, I, I, I thought my I, 1994 vision of <laughs> the new Republican Party contract. Exactly. Not at all. Well, anyway, guys, uh, please tune in on Sunday night. We're going to have 15 Foundation Part 5. And um, uh, following week, we are going to have our special Marbles episode with um, uh, Carrie, the return of Carrie, our lawyer from out west. And uh, following that, we are going to have on the return of Bob D, Chicago Bob. We've got a great, great, great episode on NPD. Super. Have it, I really realized the NPD episodes, the longer we uh, kind of get on this, the more we all know I feel like it gets heavier in our in our souls. Like we just want to really parse it through, and it it becomes very heavy. It becomes heavy. It's also it's also illuminating. I can't tell you the number of people that still go on about like I I, I can't you know listening to you guys talk about NPD and we don't we don't profess to be profess to be experts any more than Bob does. Um, just the but you know doing enough cursory reading you get to learn and it's just like roddy piper and they live when you puts on the glasses and sees the aliens you know over you know through their human yes. disguise you can't unsee people when you learn the when you learn the isms of npd of uh whether it's covert or overt or what have you and so 
that particular episode that we've got coming up is super long guys. I apologize for that. If it's too long is not too long for you guys, but it's, it's manageable. It's no longer than our longest episode. Now I'll say that much, but, um, we had a lot of fun with it. So thank you to Bob D and Carrie for coming back in the fold. And we've got some new voices on their way as soon as they get their lives squared away as well. And we got a special, uh, new format coming soon in May and a few more interviews along the way. So stay tuned, guys. We love yous. We love you. <laughs> Take care. Okay? And I'm going to fly out there next week, and I'm going to straighten your ass out. <laughs> and I'm going to make sure that you really get it. I'm going to make sure that you know what a rude, thoughtless little pig you really are. Do you understand? You're a rude, thoughtless pig. So be ready on Friday the 20th, because I'm coming out there. I'm going to tell you this, and I'm going to turn around, and I'm going to fly right back home. <laughs> you are a rude, <laughs> thoughtless pig.